so dramatic. Well, a few months ago, maybe you remember, we studied overcoming toxic words, right? Anybody here for that? We were in our Overcomer series, and we talked about overcoming toxic words. And you're like, why is he doing toxic words again? This is like a spin-off series from that toxic word series. But that was more of a general overview of how words, our words, can hurt other people and how we need to give life-giving words. What we're going to do today is something a little different with words. We are going to shout out the meanest words you know. Just kidding. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to focus in on four types of different words, different types of words that the scriptures talk a lot about, words that get us in trouble, words that hurt our heart, words that hurt other people, and they greatly affect our lives. If you have your bulletin notes, we're going to kind of, I'm going to go through four of these. I don't usually do four fill in the blanks, so I'm going to be, try to be quick. Um, but these four are really, really important to get right and get aligned with how God wants us to talk to one another. Why are we doing this? We already talked about words. Big deal. They're just words, right? Uh, sticks and stones may break our bones, but words can kill our souls. That's the thing. They can really, really sink down deep into us. So the first one, you can write this down. Gossip. Oh, boy. Here we go. I'm leaving right now. Gossip is twisted talk that creates division. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 10. We are going to be in Proverbs for a lot of today. Proverbs and Psalms. Just um, There's so much that Solomon has to write about this and David too. But these words, Proverbs, um, here we go. Proverbs chapter 10. Gossip creates division. It's like the, the Greek word is kind of like perverted talk, bent talk. And it creates... Uh, you know how this works. So much division among other people. So I'm going to read through. You can turn with me if you want. This is all in your notes. Uh, these verses, if you want to read them later or put them on your mirror or give them to your husband so he doesn't say mean things to you when you get dressed in the morning. Whatever you want to do, that's between you. Um, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. Too much talk, and this can be applied to all of these things, kind of overarching. Too much talk. Uh, I missed it. There it is. Too, it leads to sin. Too much talk. You know any blabbermouths? Don't point. <laughs> Are you a blabbermouth sometimes? Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Another proverb says, better to remain silent and seem wise than open your mouth and prove yourself a fool. Okay. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible. Sometimes we just need to keep our mouths zipped. Zip our lips. Go over to 16. Like I said, we're going to be moving kind of rapidly today. 16:28. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Are you planting seeds of strife in other people? Gossip separates the best of friends. Maybe you've had that happen to you. Verse 17. Chapter 17, verse 28, excuse me. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. There it is, with their mouths shut. They seem intelligent. Sometimes we can trick people into thinking we're smarter than we are, but when we open our mouths, we can seem foolish. How about this? Uh, that was 18, verse 8. Nope. 18, verse 8. Back to gossip. Ooh, rumors are dainty morsels mm, that sink deep into one's heart. Juicy gossip. Like dainty mor morsels. 
We, kinda, we can crave that. This is a problem, and, but they sink deep into our heart. And last one for now, Proverbs 20, uh, verse 19. A gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang out with chatterers, my version says. Gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. Do you ever tell the secrets of others behind their backs? Do people ever tell secrets about you to other people? You get the picture. So gossip, it separates close friends. It divides. It creates so much division. And gossip is kind of like, if you want to sum it up, it's publicly sharing information that should have remained private. It's not yours to share. So why do we feel we got to share this information? It's hard, isn't it? A lot of us struggle with this to some degree. But it's not your prerogative, uh, it's not your job to share other people's business. And sometimes they want to keep that business private, sometimes it's a private thing, and sometimes we, we be the blabbermouth, the chatterbox, and we just can't stop ourselves from sharing those juicy morsels of wisdom. Did you hear about this person? Can you believe what she did? That's more slander, but let me tell you about what happened. Okay, we got to be careful with gossip when we feel compelled to share. Or maybe for us Christians, we're like, this person did this and this and this. I can't believe it. Can you? Oh my goodness, they're just horrible, terrible people. I'm telling you because I want you to pray for them. Pray for them. Keep them in your prayers. Okay, and here's everything that happened. Pray for them. Keep them. They, need, they need a lot of prayer because of all these details, juicy morsels I'm going to share with you. Sometimes we do gossip just so we can be the center of attention because people are like, ooh, what happened? And we feel good because people are focusing on us. Or maybe we put other people down. Kind of when we gossip, we share and we sort of lower them so we feel better about ourselves. See? Gossip, pretty evil, pretty sinful, very common, especially today, where we can just text somebody or share on, post on social media, uh, we can just share, 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 blabber, 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 and in church circles, they can have gossip group, uh, you know, they call that small group, and gossip circles, and sometimes we just too much. We do not need... You could say, pray for this person if you, it comes from a pure heart, but if... I don't know. We just got to be careful. Pray for this person. They're cheating on their spouse and they're an evil, terrible husband. Okay, look, just zip the lip. Okay, pray for them in your private time, but we don't need to share all that. You ever like when people gossip about you? Don't you love that? When people talk about you behind your back, all your problems? I'm like, Yes! Share with the world. We hate it, right? We hate it. And then we turn around and we go and do the same thing to other, about other people. Sometimes Gideon had to get this yesterday at the uh, prize booth, scene 75. You ever see one of these? See if I can get it going. We are, this is us sometimes. We're the blabbermouth, we're the chatterbox. Oh, sorry Gideon. He loved this so much. I'm like, you can get something that's a couple thousand points, buddy. This is fine. And he picked this, what was it, Rachel? Like 50 points? 50 tickets? It's crazy. 
I'm like, you could have thousands of... No, he had to have this. And he was screaming last night. Have to find my... Well, wait, what do you call it? Chatter? Chompy? He had to find Chompy. And I picked this up last night so I could use it for an illustration today. And you know where I picked it up? Out of his sleeping hand, he was holding it, grasping it so tight. I'm like, okay. I need that tomorrow, buddy. Thanks. I don't know what his deal was. But sometimes this is us. And we become that chompy, that chatterbox, that blabbermouth. We just can't keep our mouths shut. We just got to, got to, got to go around telling everybody, everything, everybody's business. So I will set that up here for you to think about today. And for Gideon to say, hey, that's mine, when he comes back. It can get us into big, big, big trouble, separating friends, destroying trust. You know probably all too well how that goes. Let me ask a few questions. Do you have a blabber mouth? <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> Do you just talk and talk and talk sometimes? Do you have a deep-seated need to inform other people of things that they don't actually need to be informed of? Do you want to make someone else look worse so you can feel better? Do you have this addiction to share these juicy morsels that is not your and my place to share. We have got to stop the chatterbox, the gossip, the blabbermouth, the sharing, way too much information. You can read the other verses in there later about gossip. Paul mentions gossip in a list of all these other evil, despicable sins. And it's like, well, it's just talking about people. It's not a big deal. It's just talking. But Paul's like, murder, slander, adultery, you know, nuclear holocaust, gossip. And you're like, what? Gossip is in that list. It is evil. Be careful. Next one. Slander. Here we go. Slander. Slander spreads misinfo. I didn't have enough space. Or misinformation to hurt people's reputations. Slander. It's a spreading of eh, partial truths. Partial lies, half-truths, some truths sprinkled in um, with the purpose, the attention, the motive of hurting somebody else's reputation. Again, we're going to go to Proverbs, if you want to follow me. Proverbs 30. Proverbs chapter 30, look at verse 10. Never slander a worker to the employer. Oh, that one hurts. Anybody ever say something about your coworker that was eh, kind of partially true, but you just wanted to get him in trouble? Yep. That's this. Never slander a worker to the employer, or the person will curse you, and you are going to pay for it. How about this one? Uh, Proverbs 10, verse 18. Walking through the Proverbs this morning. Proverbs 10, verse 18. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you a fool. Who wants to be a fool? Woo! Raise your hand. Not me. Not Braden. No, no, no. Put your hand down, Braden. No, don't keep you. We don't want to be fools. Don't want to be a biblical fool. But slander makes us a fool. Go over to Psalm. It's the Psalms 15. Right next to Proverbs. Just go left. We're going to do a couple Psalms. Psalm 15, 1 to 3. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. That's what we got to do. Speak the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip, just talk about that, or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. 
Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. That's a whole other sermon. Those who lend money without charging interest, those who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent, such people will stand firm forever. Our refusal to practice slander and gossip invites the presence of God into our lives. Just think about that. You want more God in your life? We've got to get a rain on our tongue. And then the last one for now, uh, Psalm 101. Psalm 101, verse 5. I will not tolerate people, God says, who slander their neighbors. Anybody ever talk about your literal neighbors next door? That dog always barking, that music always playing, their yard always uncut. That's me. <laughs> I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. Not just literal, but everyone is our neighbor. I will not endure conceit and pride, God says. You will not be tolerated. Wow. That is harsh words. So gossip is more so spreading truth, but slander is more so spreading uh, lies with a little bit of partial truth. Not just to make ourselves feel better, but to get them in trouble. To ruin their reputation. To get them fired so we can take that position. A little bit of truth sprinkled in. It often comes from a heart that hopes to hurt other people. Do you have a heart that hopes to hurt other people? That is not a good shape for our heart to be in. So why do we do this? Maybe we're jealous of them. Maybe we want what they have. Maybe they got what we should have got instead. They got that promotion that should have been ours. Maybe you're a hurt person who hurts other people. That's what hurt people do. They hurt other people. Maybe you see them as competition and you want to get that Get ahead. You want to get that promotion, that job that they had, but it's really a coward's weapon. Slander is a coward's weapon because it hides in the corner. You could confront somebody and say stuff to their face, but then they're going to get upset and they're going to correct your lies with truth. But slander, you can just just whisper, whisper, tell these lies, tell this misinformation, tell these partial truths, half lies, half truths. And what the person you're telling does is they form an opinion in their head about this person. Wow, are you serious? They really did that? They really said this? Without knowing the truth. Yeah, Nancy? The, part, the reason that that's so dangerous is because there's some partial truth in it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think, you know, you can, you can really mislead people. Mm -hmm. But once you've ruined someone's reputation, it's hard to get that right out. Ruining reputations. It is hard depending on your job, depending on, um, you know, just a lot of things. But it can be a mountain to climb to get that reputation back. Yeah. You're really, you could be ruining somebody's life, their livelihood, their marriage, a lot of things. You're right, Nancy. And they form that opinion with, see, if you just tell somebody a blatant lie, it can be kind of obvious that that's not true. But if you sprinkle in some truth, well, then it gets a little bit more muddied. And that person forms that opinion, and the other person doesn't even have a chance to defend themselves to correct the misrepresentation, to correct that lie with their truth. Did you hear about this person? I can't believe that she would... Got to do a heart check. Why am I saying these things about this person? What is the motive? What is the intention of my heart? 
toxic words, toxic talk. And slander says a lot more about us than it does about the other person. It says a lot about the shape of our heart, the evil, the sin within our heart, that we want to do that to this person. So have you been spreading purposefully incorrect information about somebody? Maybe it's even somebody you live with. Maybe somebody you work with. Do you uh, verify things to make sure they're true before you spread them? Or does that kind of sound good and sound right and sound nice and that's what you want it to be and so you just say, yeah, it's probably true. And then you share it on Facebook and you share this. We've got to verify things to make sure they're true before we pass them on. How about exaggerating stuff? Yeah, we, we say ex exaggeration is a truth with a lie attached. So it's not even a full truth. It was, the fish was this big, right? We, we tend to exaggerate, and that's a partial lie. I mean, it's a lie. It's a lie. Or telling true things, but out of context, making them seem untrue. Maybe you're um, not telling blatant lies, but maybe you're withholding a certain information. Or you don't give the full context of the situation because you want to shape the narrative of this person or, or thing or situation to fit how you want it to be. What you want to get out of it which is where we're going next, but we can, you know, it's like my kids, they come up and they're like, oh, Gideon hit me. Oh, I'm so, what happened? He hit me. I got that part. What else? What did you do? I don't know. I don't know. Gideon, what happened? Ellie kicked me. Oh, so now we get the full context of the situation and uh, there is more to the story than was previously said. Trying to get the other person in trouble, but you were a part of it too. Lies, half-truths, we've got to get rid of these toxins. Next one, flattery. Flattery. Flattery is excessive praise, but with insincere motives, all right? Here we go. Flattery is not so bad, right? It's saying nice things about other people. Well, if it's not quite true and your motives are in the wrong place, then it is a sin and it is toxic words. Here we go, Psalm 5, 9. Go back to Psalms if you're following along with me. These are also in your notes, like I said, you can read it later. Psalms 5, 9. You will destroy those who tell lies. The Lord detests murderers and deceivers. Okay, so if we deceive other people with our words, we're in the same sentence as murderers. Dude, that's pretty harsh. But to God, a sin is a sin, right? I mean, we're out of the, the boundaries, the context of his perfect ways. Murderers, deceivers, those who destroy, um, you will destroy those who tell lies. Proverbs 6, 24. Go over to Proverbs again. Proverbs 6, 24. This is talking about, um, you can read the whole chapter. I think it's chapter 5 and chapter 6 of Proverbs. Talks a lot about a lot about the immoral woman. We could also say the immoral guy. Okay, let's be fair. Um, trying to get somebody to commit adultery. Okay, that's sort of the context of here. You know, leave your leave your spouse. Come with me. It'll be better. Proverbs six twenty four. It will keep you from the immoral woman. The way to life, the truth. From the smooth tongue of a promiscuous woman, or we can say promiscuous person. Uh, this flattery. This, oh, your wife's not paying enough attention to you. You're so sweet. You're so handsome. Come with me. Like, this happens a lot. 
Um, you know, the secretaries, the classic example, flirting, building up the boss or, or building up whoever, the coworker, and they don't hear those compliments at home. And this is flattery, 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 trying to get something, manipulate something out of the situation. Selfishly trying to control and manipulate a person to our benefit, not to their benefit. We are puppeteering them like this puppet here. We're trying, hey, buddy, old pal, right? Hey, buttering somebody up. Oh, man, you're so awesome. Hey, could you do me a favor, right? We want something out of it. How about Proverbs chapter 26? Proverbs 26, look at verse 24. People may cover their hatred with pleasant words, but they're deceiving you. There's hatred in there. They pretend to be kind, but don't believe them. Their hearts are full of many evils. While their hatred may be concealed by trickery, their wrongdoing will be exposed in public. If you set a trap for others, you will get caught in it yourself. If you roll a boulder down on others, it will crush you instead. A lying tongue hates its victims. And flattering words cause ruin. It's not just, oh, I'm buttering them up to get something I want. It's just a little, just a little exaggeration, just a little, it's a lie. It causes ruin. Our words, our toxic words, make a big, big, big difference. How about Proverbs 27, verse 5? An open rebuke is better than hidden love. So sometimes we need to tell the truth in love, tough but tender. Like, um, you remember David and 2 Samuel and Nathan, and he told this story about this rich guy who's stealing this poor guy's sheep. Y'all remember that? And David said, I can't believe somebody would ever do something like that. And Nathan's like, that's you, buddy. <laughs> that's what you're doing with Bathsheba. And David's like, oh, I get it now. That hurts because... That's exactly what I'm doing. And he felt the weight of his sin. Nathan told him the truth in a different, interesting kind of way with a story. But he spoke toughly but tenderly, rebuking King David. Who wants to rebuke the king and get your head cut off, right? That's kind of what happens throughout history a lot. <laughs> but he rebuked the king, pointed out his sin because he needed, David needed to know the truth because it was separating, his life was separating uh, how he was living, separating him from God. And we need to tell the truth, not just lie to people like everything's okay, like what they're, not, what they're doing isn't sinful and harming them and causing destruction and ruin to the people around them. Tough but tender. Speak the truth in love, Jesus says. How about Proverbs 28, verse 23? In the end, people will appreciate honest criticism Far more than flattery. If you tell somebody they're always perfect, uh, and you know, oh, you did amazing. You know, we tell the kids, right? Wow, your drawing of scribbles is incredible. Nobody ever scribbled like that before. Wow, I'm going to hang it up on the fridge. That's okay for a two-year-old, maybe. Don't push that too far. Uh, they're going to think they're, you know, uh, Mozart or who's a Da Vinci, you know, or whatever. You know, with their banging on the piano and their whistle and. Like, wow, you should be in concerts. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> People may not come to their concerts. But build up kids, encourage them, but especially with adults, but with kids too. We need to 
not over-exaggerate, not flatter, um, tell the truth, and, you know, and enjoy, like, I enjoy your art, little buddy. That's great. I love it. You don't have to tell them it's the best thing you've ever seen in your entire life. They might get a big head, and I don't know. We just got to tone it down a little bit, a little bit. Well, that was Proverbs 28, I think. Yeah. Better to speak the truth. Constructive criticism. Not just for the sake of bashing somebody. Not just for the sake of, hello, where'd your clothes go, Dean? Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're just showing off your six-pack abs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love kids. Um, but constructive criticism can be so important. We need feedback of what we're doing that's helpful and not helpful in a loving, gentle, tough but tender way. Not just to say to the coworker or the boss, you're the best, every decision you make is perfect and wonderful. Then they're going to keep making those wrong decisions and that's not going to go well. Last one for this one, 29.5, Proverbs 29.5. To flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. Do you want to lay a trap for your friend's feet? Keep on flattering them. I'm not saying you can't compliment them and say nice things and speak the truth, but it's when we over-exaggerate with the purpose of manipulation to try and control them, puppeteer them, to get something that we want out of it. It's not for their benefit, it's for my benefit. I'm going to butter up my boss so I get the promotion. Right? I'm going to butter up my spouse so I don't have to take out the trash. I don't know. Whatever it is. Manipulation. Manipulation. Flattery doesn't actually have the other person's good in mind. Only focus on you, what you can get out of it. Not everything that's true needs to be said. Oh, I just speak the truth. I just tell people like it is. Okay. I get that. I appreciate the truth. But not everything that's true needs to be said. And not everything that's true needs to be said right now, right here, right there, in that place, in the middle of this argument with your spouse. Okay? <laughs> not everything that's true in the history of your relationship needs to be dug up again. Okay? And if she asks how she looks in that dress, gentlemen, speak the truth enough. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Speak the truth in love. We don't got to over-exaggerate and, and tell lies. But we don't got to be brutally honest either. Constructive criticism, right? And a little bit of grace <laughs> on that. So do you have friends who always agree with you? Maybe watch out. Are you always agreeing with your friends? Maybe they should watch out for you if you're trying to flatter them, to manipulate them. Beware. The toxin of flattery is infecting us with poison. Last one. Let's talk about mockery. Mockery is disrespecting someone you disagree with. Mockery. Mm. It's just a joke, right? We're just joking around. Mockery. Psalm 1 1. We're going back here and then to the Proverbs. Last time. Psalm 1 1. 1 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Or stand around with sinners, or join in with the mockers. Do you join in with people who are mocking, ridiculing, disrespecting other people? Wicked sinners. 
when we join in with the mockery. How about Proverbs? Go over to Proverbs again. Proverbs 1, 22. Uh, one twenty-two. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? And how long will you fools hate knowledge? See, mockery can be kind of like blocking wisdom. Mockery we mock, we make fun of, ridicule. And we can stay a fool if we're not careful. Mockery, mockery can push out wisdom. Hmm. How long will you do it? Simple-minded. Mockers relishing your mockery. All right. Proverbs 14. Go over a few pages. 14 verse 6. A mocker seeks wisdom. Here we go again. But never finds it. But knowledge comes easily to those with understanding. Anybody want some wisdom? Want some understanding? I do. I know you're raising your hands and your hearts. I get it. Mockers seek wisdom but never find it. Interesting. All right. Oh, stay away from fools, verse 7, for you won't find knowledge on their lips. The prudent understand where they are going, but fools deceive themselves. Fools make fun of guilt, but the godly acknowledge it and seek reconciliation. Make fun of guilt. Hmm. We can just make a. Jesus was mocked, absolutely. Maybe they were upset at their own sin or just joining in with the mockery, those soldiers and gambling for his you know, possessions. Mocking Jesus. Oh, if you're the Savior, why don't you come on down from the cross? Mocking Jesus. What did Jesus do in return of the mockery? Father, forgive them. They don't realize what they're doing. People ever mock you? People ever ridicule you? Make fun of you? Father, forgive them. When we have that heart, <laughs> that stops the argument, doesn't it? Hmm. Let's do a couple more. Fifteen, twelve. Yes, they did, Nancy. Mockers hate to be corrected, so they stay away from the wise. We're pushing away wisdom when we're just mock, 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 mock. Make everything's a joke to you. Everything's a joke. Hmm. Verse uh, chapter seventeen, verse five. Those who mock the poor insult their maker. Oh boy, now we're getting into mocking God. Okay? Those who mock the poor insult their maker. Those who rejoice at the misfortune of others will be punished. Mocking others hurts. Making fun, just too much. This is too much choking. Okay? It's, it does, does damage. It spreads toxins. But mocking God, that's a whole other level. Here we go. Um, I'm just going to read this to you. Peter writes, it's in your notes. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? Oh, I don't see him anywhere. He's not here. Mocking God. Mocking Jesus. If your God's so great, why is there still suffering in the world? Why does this happen? Why doesn't he stop? Mocking God. Mocking our Savior. That's a whole other level you do not want to get to. There is a line, and this is hard for me, because I love jokes, if you know me at all. I love humor. I love bad jokes, like puns. Right? And you groan when I say things about Matt over there. 
hazmat, right? And you're like, oh, come on, puns. But humor has a line. And sometimes I've crossed it. And I apologize if I have. When I have. And I try not to cross it again. But there is a line with jokes. And there is a line with mockery. See, it's good to... Okay. (laughs) Some things need to be made fun of, in a way, in order to point out the blatant hypocrisy, craziness of a situation with the purpose, the motive of speaking some truth in a creative way in order to help people see things from a different perspective and maybe change their ways. Does that make sense? So we kind of mock, make fun, laugh at ourselves. It's good to take ourselves not too seriously, take God and Jesus seriously, not mock them. There is a line. And sometimes I've crossed it. You know, I love that site, the Babylon Bee, the satire website. And Elaine says sometimes, Dan, I don't know if you should have shared that article, that page. It's just a little too much. It's too much mocking. And I'm like, oh, but it's so funny. But it's kind of mocking God and Jesus. And we really, it's hard to know. It's a gray area, but we shouldn't be mocking our Lord and Savior. We need to take ourselves less seriously, though. Take them seriously. And sometimes point out, point out the hypocrisy uh, in a fun or clever way in order to see things from a different perspective. But there's that line. And I think we all kind of know where it is when we start actually hurting other people with our jokes, with our derision, with our put down, sort of, you can say things in jokes that you can't, just say a normal conversation, can you? And we can say, and joke, oh, honey, well, that dress is, looks awful on you. What? That hurts. I was just joking. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing around. But there's always truth to our humor, isn't there? And we've got to be careful with our words, with our lips, just chattering, blabbering and blabbering away, and we get ourselves in so much trouble sometimes with our truth disguised as a joke. I'm not saying you shouldn't joke around with your spouse. I think humor is so critical to a healthy marriage. But maybe making light of situations more than making light of your spouse. We can still find humor in silly, stupid things that we've done in the past and laugh together about how crazy that thing went and the kids smeared the poop all over the walls in the bathroom and that was... You might laugh at that later. Maybe not right now. It's happened. (laughs) But... Don't be careful not to get too close to that line and to cross that line where we're really hurting other people with our mocking, with our fun. If, they're, if they stop laughing and they started hurting, that may be a good indication. When you're not just laughing with somebody, but you're laughing at them, right? We all know how much that hurts. That's mocking and it's disrespectful. If it goes too far. And their reputation, like Nancy mentioned, can really, really hurt their reputation with the slander and the mocking and the pulling them down. I don't know if you follow the news very much, but there's this, <laughs> been this thing going around called Let's Go Brandon. 
And I'm not going to explain that, what that is to you. You can Google it later, and maybe with your eyes really wide. But they have been making fun of the president uh, for a few months now, especially, as things are dipping down and um, his approval rating has dropped lower faster than you know before World War I or II president. But he has become, and I'm, whatever way you voted or whatever, I'm not saying that, I'm just saying that the president of the United States, because of this growing trend of mocking, ridicule, making fun of, he's taken it. Uh, he's taken it so much that, like, I don't even know if he's aware of what's going on. But that's another subject. But um, it's hurting his reputation, like, a lot. And his poll numbers, and I, whether you like what he does or not, it just, our mocking can become a trend and go against a company or a person or a, a leader and can really sully the reputation. <laughs> not saying some things shouldn't be made light of. Uh, some things need to be exposed. Some darkness needs to be exposed in people or hypocrisy should be exposed in people when they're giving orders to do this thing that they don't themselves follow. We need to kind of, you know, that, it's important to know. But there's that line where it's just like too much. And it becomes toxic and God would not have us live that way. And so we got to control our tongue. I like this. Isaiah puts it this way. Whom do you mock? Think about that for a second. Whom do you mock? Making faces and sticking out your tongue. <laughs> That's what Isaiah says. Whom do you mock? Making faces and sticking out your tongue. You, you children of sinners and liars. Oh, Isaiah. I like the, you know, that part. Call me a sinner and a liar. That hurts a little bit more. And how many people do we, behind their backs, do this physically or metaphorically? Just, you're a joke. Make fun of people, mock other people, gossip about other people, slander other people, flatter other people. And Isaiah says, you sinners and liars. Look, I love humor. Go do some humor. Be funny. Laugh with your spouse. Laugh with the people around you. But just watch that line. Watch that line. You used to not want to mock the dead. That was... Oh, right. Respect the dead. Yeah. But now that's... Some t people have crossed that line and not looking back. Disrespecting the deceased. Um, even disrespecting bosses. I think it's more, a lot more common now. Just flagrantly posting on social media, my boss did this or that. And what we're kind of doing is bringing other people down, helping other people to think as little about another person as we do. So we think very little of this person and I'm going to mock and make fun of and ridicule until you think as little about this person as I do. That hurts your reputation, disrespectful, and it can be harmful and toxic. So who have you been trying to think, to get others to think little about a person? Do you arrogantly looking down on others? Those stupid idiots, those morons, they can't drive. These people in front of me, my co-workers are blankety blank, 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 blank. My family is a fill in the blank. Maybe not here, out loud. I can't believe, maybe, on, 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 on. How could they do that? Why is she wearing that? Look at that ugly. <sighs> Mocking. 
ridiculing, gossiping, slandering, flattering. Where are you at with your heart and your views? James wrote this, and I'll leave, this, leave you with this picture. James wrote that the tongue is a restless evil, full of deadly poison, and that the wrong words, he says, the wrong words can set your whole life on fire. So destructive. The wrong words set your whole life on fire because your tongue is set on fire by hell itself. It's your tongue set on fire by hell itself by the words that you say. Are you destructive, destroying with all these things? So we're going to sing our last song and hopefully speak life-giving words um, that Greg's going to lead us in to worship our Savior. Definitely don't mock God and Jesus, but we've got to be so careful with our words. What's your motivation? Look at our motivation. What's my motivation for saying this, texting this, posting this, writing this, emailing this, spreading this? We have to be so intentional and deliberate with what we say because that tongue, that mouth just wants to chatter on and on and on and on. And we just get ourselves in so much trouble, don't we, by the things that we say in our lives. And when other people speak those words to us, let's remember to be like Jesus. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. He was gossiped about. Oh, you hang out with tax collectors and sinners and drunkards. You're, you're that yourself. And he was put down, slandered against. And like we mentioned earlier, what did he say? Forgive them. Father, forgive them. Maybe this week, we need, you need to look at your words. Think about your words that you're saying. Reflect on what words have you been saying. Jesus, help me to say life-giving words this week. And maybe this week we need to do some forgiveness work about those words that other people have said to us that we are still holding on to all these years later. And find some forgiveness like Jesus calls us to for the people that have hurt us the most. Let's stand and sing life-giving words to our Savior.
Pray with me. Father, that is the cry of our heart, to bring you praise, to honor you with our life. And that includes our lips. Lord God, help us to get a rain on our tongue, to control our lips, the words that we say to other people. And it starts in our hearts. God, I pray that you would, this week, continue that sanctification, transformation process inside of us to help us become more every day the people you called us to be, doing what you called us to do. God, we love you. We praise you. Help us to live our lives for you every day in every way. And God, we thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Where's your clothes, Dean? Lemonade on. <laughs> Lemonade? Oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah. That's going on the video.